0: welcome to episode 5 of Cheering the Fat with me Phil Cobley and me Adam Fairman and we're back in the same room again we are back in the same room we are and um, because we haven't got our guest in front of us realised that we didn't need the headphones no exactly because, which is really far more comfortable yeah far far more comfortable um, but yeah thank you ever so much for for tuning back in um, uh, and and we have switched sides yeah we were picked up last time
1: because we were sat the opposite way and apparently that wasn't how our sort of animation is. So a yeah. bit like Ant and Deck, for those in the UK will understand that, um, for those outside the UK, Ant and Dec are a, common, or a couple of television presenters who always have to stand in the same place. So yeah. we are now doing
0: that. So. Yeah, apparently. Um, because of the way that yeah, I, I did the animations with me on one side and you on the other, yeah. apparently. So And yeah. last time we were the wrong way around. So yeah, but, um, so yeah if it caused offence, Apologies, uh, but we've corrected it, Yeah, so there we go. And anyone who's listening to the Spotify, you don't care anyway, so, no. um, <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. Um, but yeah, we, we've got a, 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 a really interesting show again, I think. Um, I mean, we're going to say that, we're biased, but yeah. Um, yeah special guests. We do, um, we do, in uh, Tom Farrell. QPM. Um, QPM, yes, yeah. uh, it'll talk about that uh, and explain what that is. Uh, yeah. To anyone who's not familiar with it, but Tom's given up his time to, to have a chat to us on this show, which is great. Um, and we're looking at uh, child safety online uh, and kind of how that links into a lot of CSAM investigations and uh, abuse material investigations. Um, and talking about some of the work that Tom has done and is now doing in relation to that. Um, so, really, really interesting uh, yeah. and important topic as well. Um, but yeah, to, st- to start. <coughs> Uh, some of the industry news. Yeah. Um, so, first off, once again, as always, friend Josh has come up with an article. Um, Josh, thank you again, as always. Uh, can you stop being so prolific, please? Yeah. And,
1: <laughs> and waiting for literally two days after we published the podcast you're on to
0: release that article. Yes, yes, so it's about um, effectively detecting the fact, whether or not an Android device has had a factory reset engaged or not. Yeah. Um, So it's been done, the the research had been done previously with Apple and iOS Yeah, I think think Heber Mahalik had done Yes. a blog post on that, so. Um, 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 And and yeah, Josh has kind of taken that and kind of looked and couldn't find anything with, with, in relation to Android, so did some research himself, so as always link in the bottom um go and have a read it's really really interesting and and obviously it's, it's top quality stuff as always yeah. uh, with josh so uh, thank you for that um josh we've got another one uh, but and i'm going to get this pron- pronunciation wrong is it matthew 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 or matthew uh Regneri or reginary mm, yeah, I mean, yeah you so, pronounce it better than i would have done apologies if i got that wrong um, but uh, there's a bit of, just done a, a blog post or a white paper, whatever you want to call it, on um, ProtonMail. Um, and we know that some of the forensic tools don't really uh, decode those properly mm-hmm. and decrypt those properly. He's done some work on that uh, around the decryption of the iOS app, yeah. uh, uh, for ProtonMail. So really interesting read. Um, if you are encountering any jobs or investigations which involve ProtonMail, Mail, might be worth having a look. Definitely. Um, so again, link in the description for that one. Um, and the other, the other topic that we've kind of highlighted, we're not going to go into too much detail because we actually talk about it quite a lot with Tom uh, yeah. in the interview. Which is, um, and we've we've got the BBC link for the BBC news article about this, but there's obviously lots yeah. of other news outlets have have kind of done the same. And it's around the Apple uh, child safety um, announcements that they were doing recently. Yeah, and obviously we spoke about that when we had Josh on. Mm -hmm. We spoke
1: about how Apple hadn't done the greatest job of coming out and sort of promoting their detection of CSAM on iCloud. Um, And yeah, it's about their decision to postpone that Mm. uh, for when they're gonna implement it, so.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't say U-turn, but definitely the brakes have been put on. Yeah. Um, So it's, uh, it's, I mean, the article's very short, but it, it, it kind of you can read up on, on more, more of what Apple have said uh, by following some of the links within it. Um, but, yeah, um, our guest, uh, Tom Farrell, has actually also released uh, a, a blog post in response to that um, and has been doing a lot of work directly relating to that. So um, quite a lot of interesting discussion that we have later yeah. on the show. So uh, we won't go into detail now. No. Um, <laughs> and we'll put a link to Tom's... Um, blog post that you created so Absolutely. be sure to check that out. So um so yeah but the interview is I think it was about we've clocked about forty five yeah. forty five minutes. Um so again trying to keep being conscious of time. Yeah. Um trying to keep the time down. So uh without further ado, yeah let's crack on and see what Tom had to say. <laughs> back. <laughs> um, we are uh, honoured to have with us today uh, Tom Farrell um, from woo, woo, uh, from Safe2Net. Uh, Tom, thank you so much for your uh, giving up your time to kind of be with us on the show today. It's um, it's great to have you with us. Um, so Tom is uh, from a company called Safe2Net. It is Safe2Net, not, not Safety Net or anything, Safe2Net. Um, yeah, cool. And you're going to tell us a little bit about that as well, which is going to be really cool to hear about. Um, and you're the global head of safeguarding alliances. Really fancy title. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you sound very, very important. <laughs> yeah. good title, isn't it? <laughs> I feel like we should bowing or yeah. something or kind of, yeah, we're not, we are not worthy kind of <laughs> thing, um, but, <laughs> but um, you used to you used to be in the police as well, um, in the UK and worked for the home office and stuff, um, so just for, for all our listeners and, and, and anyone viewing the show and stuff, please uh, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about what you do and, and who you are.
2: No problem. Well, thanks both for having me. Um I've been listening to your podcast. I can genuinely (laughs) say that because I have been listening to your podcast. Oh, bless you. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so Tom Farrell, I work for a company called SafetyNet. We're a cyber safety tech company, UK founded, but we um, we exist in Germany, the US. We've got offices there, um, uh, and obviously the UK as well. So, my background I served just over 19 years as a police officer in the UK worked in the same police force as Adam yep. um, and the same region as you Phil. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I did I did 19 years joined in 2002. So I think most of my career was spent um, in intelligence work. So from about 2004 to 2013 time, I was involved in covert intelligence. So it was investigating uh, drug supply, murders as and when they happened in our area um and general events like that really now i can remember the day pretty clearly where my work life completely changed and i think it was (laughs) march the 17th 2014 when i attended uh, a course that was put on at heathrow icddf week that you know Mm -hmm. about the communications and digital forensic week at heathrow and it was a course by uh, an organisation from the US called Child Rescue Coalition, who provide law enforcement with some tools to target people who are sharing uh, CSAM. So I'll use that quite a bit. So child sexual abuse material. Mm. Um, we don't use the terms that were previously used, such as child pornography. We use CSAM as the term. Yes. So they yeah. they were providing a course to UK policing, which I attended. Didn't really know a lot about it at the time. Um, It was only a three day course, but I'll be honest, within about an hour, I knew it was the work I wanted to be doing. It was an opportunity to get well into the lives of the people who were abusing children. So Mm. I often describe that system that they provide and they still provide it now um, as a window into the world of what's going on. So it's almost like if you picture a system that tells you not only where the burglars live but also tells you that they've still got the property from the burglary in their house it was a system like that for child abuse material so I was over overjoyed to go on this course we weren't using it in our force and many forces weren't went back to base uh, spoke to my overall boss and said we've got to get used in this he agreed luckily we set up a little team and we began to use it and we used it successfully for till the period I left and other people now use it. So I got really involved in the overall like worldwide movement that was trying to identify people causing harm to children online, but also what they were doing offline to, to feed that supply of child abuse material. So I got, I got really involved um, in trying to identify people who were hiding their identity. Um, be that dark web offenders or just those who were savvy enough that they knew they knew what type of tech to use that would make it pretty much impossible for law enforcement mm. so as, as part of that I um, in 2017 I was asked to go and help the UK home office to develop some solutions some innovation solutions to try and target people on mobile devices so I spent the last four four and a half years, of my law enforcement um, career seconded to the UK Home Office. And I was lucky enough, I was traveling extensively to the US, Canada, Australia, New Zealand and other places to try and help other countries do the same. So really, 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 really enjoyable. I loved all of my law enforcement career, but that last seven or eight years was fantastic. So it probably makes you think, well, why did you leave? (laughs) <laughs> which is, yeah. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> which is kind of an obvious question. Well, so what I was doing was reactive. I was identifying people who had already caused so much damage to children everywhere. You, you, you only have to look at some of the press releases you see out of the NCA. There was the guy who was living in Kings Lynn and Norfolk. The NCA investigated him. By the time he was convicted and got twenty-plus years it was estimated he'd um, done online abuse against over 5,000 children. Yeah. So at that point, it's, it, it's too late. It's great to catch them, but it's too late. So I wanted to do something that was a bit more proactive. Um, yeah. I see the problem as being one that we need to do more to stem the flow and the creation of the material in the first place. Yes. Yeah. So I by chance, I got talking to a to a guy who had founded Safenet in the UK, uh, a lady and a gentleman who had put their heart and soul into developing this this company. And safety, so what we do at Safenet is we develop uh, tools, software that in real time can prevent children from um, any online harms. Really, so we've got. We've got apps, safe to net app, we've got NetNanny app, which you may have heard of, which is a US parental control company, which we acquired earlier this year. So those kind of apps work in real time using AI um, to prevent children doing things that they don't want to do or prevent people getting near to them. So I'll give you an example. Um, it works with an intelligent keyboard that sits on the child's device. So if the child, for example, was the type... I want to kill myself, how do I do it? It would try and help them in that moment. It would recognise that and it would give them advice and try and point them in the right way to prevent that happening. Hmm. So they're really important tools because the key thing of what we do is respecting the privacy of children. So yeah. there are some parental control out there, but if a child was to type something like that, it would tell the parents the exact content of what they've done. We recognize you can only you can only get a child to use that kind of application if you respect them and actually make them the one who leads conversation uh, and doesn't feel like everything they type is being watched or snooped on yeah. by us, which yeah. we don't, we can't see the content. So our AI interprets it or by their parents. So that's the real key thing about us. Um, Uh, but but we're now developing other tech we have a piece of tech which we're under development called Safe to Watch which I'm massively excited about because what it does in real time and literally I do mean real time it can detect and prevent the sharing of sexually explicit material so if it sees that someone is recording it it can block it, blur it and prevent it ever happening that's what we've got to do child sexual abuse material is so vast across all the forms of the World Wide Web that we need to stop the creation in the first place. So that's what pretty mm. much my drive is and that's what we do as a company. Wow.
0: That's that's, <laughs> that, that is admirable work <laughs> and vital work. So
1: has safe to net ever approached like Samsung or Apple to try and get it in, integrated at that root level?
2: So I mean the, the key aim is we we use a term of out of the box. We want our tech to be out of the box. So the absolute ideal scenario for everyone to stop children being victims online, stop everybody being victims. It's not just kids. there's plenty of adults who are who are coerced into things online is it yeah. should just be part of our the way we interact with our devices. We all, we're all very comfortable with many of the apps that are permanently on our device, you can't delete them because that's part of the Samsung or the Apple operating system. But we want people to be comfortable with the fact that the device that you give to your child protects them from the very first second you turn it on. So Mm -hmm. we do, we welcome all those conversations with the biggest companies, um, be them uh, handset providers or telecommunications companies. Anybody who can impact, really, and have an influence on what goes on a device from out of the box. So they are, yeah. they are certainly discussions with various people that we do have, and we'll continue to have, but we also welcome as well.
1: Yeah, because to me it just makes sense that if you buy a device for a child, mm. and you set it up, and when you're setting it up, you choose to have parental controls on, yep. that some of those features that SafetyNet have developed would be perfectly suited, in my
0: opinion. Yeah, Absolutely. So yes, and, I mean, and, and I, it's, I
2: do genuinely think we might look back in like 10, 15 years' time and wonder yeah. how the hell we allowed uh, mobile phone devices, laptops, Chromebooks, tablets ju- to just be given to anyone with no safety in place yeah. at all. Um, I do wonder whether we'll look back and think we we really have let children down by doing that.
1: Yeah.
2: And I mean, it's, a, it's let, a
1: hard decision, isn't it? It's a hard decision for parents. I remember my brother speaking to me about his old, older son, about how all of his friends have got mobiles and do, do I let him have one. And it's it's one of those ones that if you don't, you'd rather he knew about it. Mm. So you'd rather know that your child has got a phone rather than deprive them of one and they go and get one without you knowing.
2: Uh, but, 100%. So, I mean, I'm a massive... I've got my children myself, so I've got, I've got three children. I'm a massive believer that... The answer is not to take away devices. It's so that when this all first started, everybody's answer was don't give kids devices. Don't don't allow children to have more than 30 minutes a day on a device. Um, Don't allow them to have it anywhere out of your sight. Well, we kind of have to judge how our children act by how we act. It's a bit hypocritical. I sit probably like you guys. I sit on my mobile phone for an awful um, yeah. proportion of the day. So how mm. can I turn around to my kids and say you've got 30 minutes on that a day? Because our, our whole lives are on our devices now, literally yeah. yeah. Do you ever find that time where you're out and your battery dies and you you feel like you've lost everything. You've got no contact with yeah. anyone? Um, so we can't expect our children not to have devices. we've got to do we've got to let them have them in a way that is as safe as it possibly can be. Yeah,
0: yeah. always it's, it's, it's more of avoiding the issue and avoiding the problem rather than teaching them how to act respect, responsibly uh, and safely with those devices that they're going to eventually end up with anyway, one yeah. way or the other. So um, we might as well kind of teach them from from the outset of yeah, okay. Here's the device. Yeah, here's what you need to keep safe. Here's what you need to kind of look after yourself. Um, and it's it's the same as kind of when I, I imagine. I mean, I don't have children, but when you kind of you get to a point where you let, start letting them kind of go out and explore on their own. You kind of, you teach them those years leading yeah, up values. to values, yeah. You know, yeah. how to look after yourself, how to be safe. And it's the so, same with the device, you know, it's gonna happen. Yeah,
2: <laughs> it's. And, and it is gonna happen, and I, you're right, so I always like bring it back to what I'd say normal life, so offline life, where I know as a kid, if my parents had been so strict that you can't drink, you can't go out, you're gonna do it anyway, aren't you? But you're gonna do it behind their backs. Yes. You're gonna do it in yeah. a sneaky way. Now, it's exactly the same with a mobile device. Every child at a certain age is at some point gonna want one, and if you say, no, you can't have it, they'll probably get a friend to give them one. Well, yeah. wouldn't we be better to just let them have it, but make it as safe as it possibly can be by having a bit of a shared relationship with your child where you both are aware of online safety. That's, that's what I think it's important. The parent and yeah. the child has to be, because I mean, we're all pretty techy, but I would still say that my children are already getting to the stage where I think, how do you know that? They're more techie than me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because that's, what, because that's what they've now grown up with, haven't they? That yeah. um, they, we, my wife and I were laughing the other day saying um, they don't know what dial-up is, they don't know what a world is without the internet. They they won't have ever heard a dialing tone on a phone in their whole life. So, yeah. I mean, we've got to we've just got to accept that they're going to have devices, whatever happens. Let's make it as as good as it can yeah. be. Mm.
1: Do you think, because Instagram were recently in the news, weren't they? I think it was to do with sort of suicide. Um, that tech companies need to be held more accountable because obviously we've heard the stories of. Facebook where they've got young children reviewing some of this sort of CSAM material and they're paying them peanuts and you know should they be held more responsible?
2: I mean yeah so they they absolutely must but so I'm quite clear not to, the really easy thing to do is just bash the big companies. It's really easy to go Facebook should do more, um, Apple should do more, Samsung, Google, everyone and yeah they should do more but I also have to recognise that they are doing some really good work. And I know from law enforcement career that some of them are got people working tirelessly 24 seven to try and prevent it happening. I kind of feel that actually the problem started before them because you'd have liked to think someone would have had the foresight when we were when all this was kicking off to make uh, laws that actually looked into the future a little bit. And regulated them from an early stage. We are now we're yeah. playing catch up, aren't we? We've got the Online Harms Bill, which will hopefully happen in the next couple of years, that will and should put some more pressure on them. Um, but it's all—it's not too late because I'm—I'm never going to give up. But it is—it's come too late. Yeah. It should have happened the other way round.
1: Yeah. You're right. And one of the things that affected digital forensics when I worked in it in the police, and it still affects today, and Phil and I spoke about this on a couple of podcasts, is content in the cloud. Hmm. There is still such a grey area, and we know this from speaking to US colleagues, that it's the same there, that it's still an untested water is to just because that content is held in a server in the US that's accessed in the UK, or we don't dare, you know,
0: yeah, yeah, and, and you've, you're absolutely right, Tom, um, about the, the legislation and, and kind of trying to keep up. Because how many, how many of us in law enforcement, I mean, UK particularly, but I'm sure it's the same uh, elsewhere in, in the world. But with, with the Computer Misuse Act in the UK, which was kind of what early 90s, yeah. and was pretty much not updated at all, <laughs> not amended at all, really, and it did not keep pace. And that's why we find ourselves in the, the situation that yeah. we're in now. Um, yeah. and, and digital forensics and cyber investigations and things like that have been hindered because the legislation hasn't been able to support what they needed it to support to enable them to do the jobs that they wanted it to do.
2: do. Do you know what? The other day, so I was, I was saying to you both before we uh, started recording, I was, I was listening to your last podcast with Josh uh, on my daily walk. My heart dropped a little bit when you spoke in your news about, um, I think it was Windows three six five, where, and I just thought, you know what, my heart dropped for my friends who are still in law enforcement. I thought your job's hard enough already. That is surely Mm going to be so so difficult to obtain evidence. So it takes me back to my point of why I've made the career change. It's because if we prevent it happening in the first place that doesn't become so much of a problem because the law enforcement yeah. can't cope with the quantity at the moment if you add in that the evidence is not even going to sit on a device well that just makes life really, really difficult Yeah, doesn't it?
1: yeah. Yes. And, and I think that leads perfectly so we, we brought the article up before mm-hmm. and you've wrote a great blog piece on it about Apple's proactive approach they took a really good proactive approach and we yes. spoke about it with the podcast with Phil yeah, and like, yeah with the last podcast yeah. with Josh yeah. Yeah. and since that podcast has been recorded last month Apple have now done a U-turn <laughs> which is what
0: yeah. your blog piece was about so uh, yeah a tech company trying to do good yeah, yeah. I mean do, do you want to tell, tell, tell the listeners a little bit about, about that and your thoughts on, yeah, on that absolutely. subject
2: Absolutely. Um, there's so many positives and so many negatives. I feel so confused. Let's <laughs> yeah. so, start with big positives. Apple in 2020 made only 265 reports of child abuse material to NECMEC, 265 in total. For comparison, Facebook and their various entities made uh, just under 20 million five hundred thousand. So yeah. we're talking scale off the charts. That's a, that's yeah. a big divide. <laughs> now I know, I know we've got a difference there because Apple is a device manufacturer um, and Facebook is more about content. So you would expect more on Facebook. Um, but what is quite clear is that 265 is nowhere near what should really be reported. So fantastic that Apple chose to do what they're gonna hopefully still do. Um, but what really hit me was that so you in my blog post if people to read it they'll see that i start off by talking about how apple are apple are the the kings and the queens of the the announcement we had one the other day didn't we california streaming where they're slick the presentation is beautiful everybody who's got on any kind of apple device is waiting for the clock to tick over and watch it yeah
1: yeah i
2: tried to do similar with these announcements about child safety um, and the key thing for me is child safety isn't about the fanfare, um, it's about doing and doing it well. So they made what they've now admitted to be a series of very confused announcements, um, which have led to the situation we're in now effectively, where they have cancelled or postponed the implementation of their child safety features. and. There's no date currently for them to come back. We don't know what they're gonna look like when they came back, uh, when they come back, hopefully. But the big one of the big problems, I don't think they fully understand the whole issue. So they, this will seem really minor, but at the start I said the term CSAM, child sexual abuse mm-hmm. material. When their senior vice president, Craig um, Fed, Federighi, I think he's called, when he did his 10 minute interview, which was with it was the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times, one of the two, he talks repeatedly in that interview about child porn. And yeah. my heart drops. I thought, you don't understand the basics of the problem we're trying to address because language is so important. Mm-hmm. We then, again, it's in my blog, but we then discover um, from an unrelated court case that Apple are currently involved in that one of their other senior people is calling themselves the greatest platform in the world for child porn. I guess by greatest, he means there's loads of it on there. But brings me back, if there's only 265 reports in 2020 and Apple has got the privacy in place that they don't know what's on their various platforms, yeah, yeah, you know that it's completely yeah. full of what eagles child porn? Without is? reporting it, yeah. Yeah, so I am really conflicted because Apple need to do more, and they started to do more. And some of their suggestions are really good. They're talking about on device stuff, stuff like what we want to do, because on device is clearly the way to go because end to end encryption is gonna make life even harder. Um, But I just think that they could have done it in a more sensible way. They have backed themselves into a bit of a corner, because the confused message has played right into the hands of the privacy advocates, Mm -hmm. who are now framing this as a privacy discussion. Yeah. Um, when they announced their delay, the Electronic um, Frontier Foundation posted an article that said, we're, We've won, we're the winners. And I mean, I posted a comment on there just merely saying, There's definitely no winners, but there is a massive loser of the delay, and that's children. Because it, it is, because yeah. It, yeah. we're going to miss so so much. And we're not just talking about people who are possessing material that's been in circulation for years. We're talking about people who are possessing material, but also creating it and abusing yeah. children as is well. That,
1: that their technology was going to detect what was the threshold thirty CSAM images, wasn't it?
2: Yeah. So I mean, the fresh. So the threshold thing is, you guys will know this, particularly you, Adam, from mobile digital forensics. Um, some of the worst offenders we ever catch, and um, probably the worst offender I ever caught in my law enforcement career. We got to him because he had one child yeah. abuse image a single child abuse image he's massively below the threshold so if their threshold is 30 files or more um that means we're going to miss out on loads because n- loads of the neck mega reports are less than that but a majority i'd say are less than that but it also creates this kind of almost a, a bit of an illusion that a few it's is okay bit. yeah mm. and a few isn't okay quite clearly and there's been, you'll know, photo DNA's been in place for years and doesn't lead to the wrong people being identified. We're not talking about identifying someone by mistake who took a picture of their kid in the bathtub. We're genuinely talking about people who are abusing children right down to, like, babies. So yeah, yeah. Um, the threshold, yeah, I'll, I, I cannot accept that the threshold is something that ever needed to be there. And actually... No it's created this a bit of an illusion that they're not overly certain about how reliable their
1: technology is yeah yeah Yeah, i just found that threshold baffling because i'm the same as you that one is too many um and just because they've only got one on that apple device it doesn't mean that when you execute a warrant at their home address that they haven't got umpteen other devices that are full of
0: it yeah Um, i mean the 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 cynic in me and I, i might be wrong but the cynic in me kind of that kind of threshold just screams of a commercial decision, from a cost perspective, because they know that actually when they o- open the floodgates, this is mm. going to be quite, quite severe. Um, just like you know, kind of turning on some of the monitoring systems that you were talking about before, and because I, I, they're going to have actual lo- real people reviewing some of this content once things yeah. have been flagged, there's kind of then the resource. Yeah issue of that and the cost and all that kind of stuff. So the cynic in me kind of thinks, where well, is is that threshold more yeah. of a commercial decision rather than actually what it should be, which is looking at trying to do the best we can yeah. to protect children. And, and Well, Apple is
1: very thing. privacy, it's, you know, it flouts privacy, privacy, privacy. Mm. Um, and you'll probably be aware of the, the implications of what they're bringing out for iOS 15, Tom, which is private relay. Yeah. So how is that helping law enforcement?
2: <laughs> I mean, uh, so the private relay thing, um, I guess people listening will know that that effectively is going to make it so that an IP address doesn't come out the other end if somebody on an Apple device is um, any kind of offended behaviour. We're not just talk- talking against children. I mean, that has come in, It's kind of by stealth that that's going to come. Yeah. That's going to have a huge implication for law enforcement worldwide. We're not just talking about offences against children. We're talking about every kind of offence that might take place on a, on a device. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that, that I know certainly will... It worries me, and I'm not law enforcement anymore, but those kind mm-hmm. of things, again, just point me towards the fact that it's going to become harder and harder to identify people online So we need to do more and more to prevent it happening in the Mm. first place.
1: So with colleagues that I've got in the US and obviously knowing about sort of going direct to these tech companies with warrants and things like that, that's widely available in the US. As ex-law enforcement in the UK, how easy was it for you guys to approach these big tech companies?
2: So I mean, and I wouldn't even just say big tech companies, Let's, let's say What's probably quite good is, let's do a NECMEC referral. So a NECMEC referral comes out to say law enforcement in the UK, and it gives them some information about somebody on a particular platform who's doing some kind of, let's say, online grooming. Now, if you haven't got enough information contained within that initial report, you've then got to make the legal request back for additional information. And I know from some of the colleagues who are carrying out the actual hands-on investigations, they were waiting over 12 months sometimes for the information to come back that they needed now that's 12 months in the context of the work i used to do where someone is not convicted and unless you've got particular conditions uh, particularly unique circumstances they don't, they're not under any conditions and they can carry on pretty much as they were before so yeah that huge problem and it's not It's not simple in the US. They've still got to go through a lot of legal hoops. It's just that they're in the right jurisdiction as the companies where the companies are based. But yeah, massive problems. I'd imagine, and I don't speak with expertise on this because this is coming in since I've left, but I would imagine that that's going to make it really difficult if you get a report that's had a private relay function involved in it and then you need to go back for more identifiers to try and. Work out who the Resolve it,
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we, it, it just kind of screams... We saw the, 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 um, the challenges that were faced and, thankfully, that were overcome in terms of things like the Anchor chat and things like that, where, you know, thankfully there was some exploitation done from law enforcement and we were able to kind of crack that. But um, if that starts becoming just kind of everyday life in every iPhone... Yeah because you know, that's effectively what they're doing effectively yeah, and you, you i mean it's gonna it's gonna kill the market for these kind of specialist phones uh, because people just won't bother spending several thousand pounds on mm. a specialist phone they'll just spend a thousand pounds on a on a, the latest iPhone and use yeah. the relay so similar chat. prices when we similar the prices I kind
2: of like the way I look at it is that for years we've been thinking that going on the dark web was the best way that somebody could hide their identi- identity and not get caught. Well actually it might just become by actually just by having a mobile device on a particular of a particular brand will just make you yeah. almost as anonymous.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. Um, a pretty
2: worrying thought really that 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 could happen.
0: Yeah. Yes, yeah. No, quite quite terrifying really. And we need to kind of watch it very carefully to see what mm. happens. But um, but with 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 the work that you do, Tom, and, and the work that you've done, is, is there, and, and, and correct me if I've kind of got this, uh, if, if I'm going down the wrong route here, but is, is there a way that you guys um, directly support or um, interact with or engage with law enforcement with what you do, and, and if, if so, kind of how does that look? Is there is there a way that you kind of support digital investigations with, with law enforcement directly?
2: So, so that's a big part of my role description. So um, I'm only seven weeks or so into my new role. But a big part of, um, so I was working a lot before I left law enforcement at the Home Office with other agencies around the world. Mm. So a big part of my role is to be in contact with them and work out what we can do for each other. Because the reality is, the only way we get anywhere near solving the problem is a a team game. Sounds corny, but it's true. the biggest tech company in the world can't have the answer by themselves, we know that. Um, and companies like us, we need to work with law enforcement. Law enforcement need help from um, companies like us. They need help from tech companies, they need governments to help them with legislation. So a big part of my role, my long title, you read out at the start, is really those... It's, it's about safeguarding alliances, we'd call it. So it mm. is making sure that we speak with law enforcement, we speak with governments, we speak with NGOs, we speak with tech companies and we make sure that we're all working together for the benefit of everyone to to get the solutions as as good as they can be.
1: Fantastic. And obviously one of the things that you achieved in the police that you didn't bring up was that you actually got a Queen's Police Medal. Do you want to tell us about that (laughs) and
0: how it felt when you found found that out? And you weren't going to get away with it
2: without talking about it. (laughs) So I mean, so my, so I haven't even been presented it formally yet. I've actually because of COVID or uh, yeah, because of COVID. So I get I've got my date through on the 16th of November. I'm going to get so two months today uh, get to go to Windsor Castle, which i would actually. I'd probably pick over Buckingham Palace which was the usual place because it's probably a it's going to be a nicer day out so Mm. yeah well so the QPM I'm I was so pleased to get it because I left the police I was a constable in the police throughout I didn't get promoted QPM is largely associated with chiefs or retiring chief officers they don't go to too many rank and file um Mm. So where? Yeah. So go back. So I found out in June 2020. So normally you get a letter through the post. And it's a letter from St. James's Palace, blah, blah. Well, because of COVID, I got an email. Now, <laughs> subsequently found out a load of people apparently deleted the emails because they thought they were spam and fake. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> you don't Normally get an email. So i get an email. And um, it says you've got it but it's delayed indefinitely because of COVID you can't tell anyone yeah so I'm literally like I remember it was on a Friday evening so you inside you're like oh my god this is amazing but it says you can't tell anyone and it actually doesn't give you a date when you'll be able to tell anyone, tell anyone. yeah <laughs> so as it turned out it I think was October the 10th they finally got announced properly um, yeah I mean I'm, I'm not going to lie. Some people say it's not about awards, and it isn't about awards. But I did feel genuinely like over the moon because mm. it's quite unusual to be recognised at at a lower, yeah, a lower rank. So, yeah, no, it still feels a bit unreal to be honest. But um...
0: well, uh, many, many congratulations for it. Um, yeah, most definitely deserved <laughs> with the work that you've done and the the passion in which you do.
1: And, Your work yeah, well. and, a, it, and it is a credit to what you do and we chatted before we started recording this the work that you did certainly increased the amount of work i used to do in a digital forensic lab <laughs> <laughs> um but you also mentioned that you did some work with magnet so do you want to tell us a bit about because they developed a free bit of software
2: yeah so um i i am trying to think what year it would have been it, it was icddf again Mm-hmm. Um, where a lot a lot really happened probably in the margins more than in the actual um yeah uh, <laughs> yeah but i was i was having lunch with um, a few of the guys from magnet including jad Jad and adam had come over and jad and i had spoken a couple of times before about um triaging and what could be done to help not just triaging during warrants but how could we help those who were managing sex offenders? So the poor people who were having to go out to the homes of richest sex offenders. And we were, let's be honest, law enforcement, that was often a role that wasn't given to the most techie people. It was given, no. it was often given to people near the end of a career. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started to talk about, could you do something that would make that life way easier for them? So Jad coined the term magnet outrider, um, I know they're Canadian, but a nice North American type name for somebody who leads from the front and and goes ahead. And we we began probably over the space of about a year to bounce backwards and forwards ideas of what could this triage tool look for. It had to be incredibly simple because it had to be something that you could literally give someone the USB and say, plug that in there, and it will tell you the other end whether you need to worry about this person. So Outrider got developed um, I was doing a lot of the testing for 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 it with JAD we tested it in our police forces with the uh, the, the guys who were managing the sex offenders and from what I can see um, it's developed into a really really good tool, it can scan it's not to replace the digital forensics world I'll just calm you down Adam because I know <laughs> a lot of people in DFUs would have been absolutely a a, a Triage device going into the hands of the un. It's It's a
0: controversial subject sometimes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's not to replace that. It's a realistic approach. It's we can't law enforcement can't continue to go to a warrant and be presented with 100 devices and expect to seize the lot and take the lot back to their DFU to analyse. We all know that. So I mean, it scans ridiculously quick across. across the drives on the computer and it just gives that indication it will tell people um, if there's files on there related to csam that's a really good addition to it it will give them it will tell them whether they've got crap cleaner installed it will yeah. tell them how, um, whether they've got cryptocurrency uh, on their devices it's really it's a really good solution and I think um, I'm sure I saw a webinar recently where they've just released a, another new version of it and it it's really good. Yeah. You know you know Magnet. Um, others do it as well. There are other brands, but they are because of Jad's background in law enforcement, I think they have still got that that desire to create tools that are that are f- to help law enforcement.
1: Yeah. Did did Jad ever tell you about how he started IF? No, go on. Did he ever tell you that? so he he was off sick um, and he developed it, I think, in his basement. Mm. And it used to be free for law enforcement. That's how the guys in in mild unit used it. Is um, yeah, he gave the, the first version, which was just was it if or Internet find something like that. Internet and, yeah yeah it was, yeah. And yeah. yeah, he shared it free to begin yeah. with. And um, just because, like you say, ex law enforcement, and just wanted to put the bad guys away.
2: It got everyone which, hooked.
1: Yeah,
2: right, yeah. Being a new drug dealer, give it to them for for free to start with, and then they'll be. Exactly, and, 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 and then
1: and then Adam saw what he was after, and went, "I can help you do with that." <laughs>
2: and now, and now they floated. They're, they did yeah. an, an yeah. IPO, didn't they? I mean, they did. Yeah, incredible, really. But yeah, so that was that was really enjoyable, and that was probably my first proper taste of working with private industry, but for the yeah. benefit of law enforcement. So it was, it was mm. really, really good fun, and um, it was it was good to have. Um, like such a close working relationship with, with the founder of such a like a, an important organisation as well. Yeah. Did you do
1: much work with Cade?
2: Did no, you, not really. Just... So, um, because most of my work sat outside of, I mean, my work pretty much stopped at the point that, law enforcement got to the front door and arrested, dealt with the individual. So, not much of my work really took me into the Cade world.
1: Yeah. Um, that's something that's being integrated into all of the digital forensic tools, which I think is a good thing. Um, I know there's some pretty big police forces now who are just scanning phones, computers as soon as they come in, and if there's a hit come from the K database, then they're instantly charged. Yeah. Um, I know there's certain police forces that don't that disagree with that sort of way of dealing with things because you're going to miss first generation images, um, but Like we've all said the amount of devices that are there now it's impossible
0: to scan through every single device. Yeah I I think it really um, the 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 demands and the 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 issues that law enforcement have have always had with backlogs and the fact that they're getting bigger um, I think it really kind of uh, highlights what you were talking about Tom in relation to needing to cut it off at the source and needing to actually look at prevention rather than trying to react to, to these jobs as, as we kind of become aware of them yeah. and actually kind of yeah put, putting things in place to stop the yeah, happening in the first place.
1: Before Covid I was dealing with a private customer who runs his own digital forensics for you know different sorts of investigations, IP theft and all that sort of stuff and mm-hmm. he asked me if I'd be prepared to go into his child's school and do an online safety presentation and that's and that didn't happen because of COVID, and um, it got me thinking that, like we were saying at the beginning of, of the podcast, that we should be educating children at high school. Yeah. This should be part of their curriculum.
2: I'd, do you know, I'd go back further. Yeah, I think yeah. I'd go back to. So my my youngest is nine. Um, she already knows too much about how devices work. So I'd probably. I think we've got a key window, and we've got a key window probably around years four to six, maybe. Um, so
1: just for international listeners, what age range are you?
2: So we're talking probably, a, let's go for the eight to 11, because mm-hmm. by the time they got to high school, um, I mean, I still think we should interact with high school age, but if you're gonna make it a seamless part of their growing up online experience, you've got to get in right at the very beginning. When, mm. um, when they're more accepting. My eldest is 13, now she's good as gold. So if I said, you're gonna have this on your device, you would have it on her device. But a mm. lot of children at 13 are already at that age where they think they don't need help. Yeah. So mm. yeah, certainly a lot of our focus and my personal opinion is there's a, there's a key window and it's about the ages but, of eight to 11.
1: But is that happening or not? I've, I haven't got a child that age, so I, I don't know.
2: Not as well as it should do, um mm. because it requires probably it requires let's take the UK for example, it requires a Department for Education buy-in to do that. Yeah. Um I mean there there clearly is a lot more going on in schools to do with online safety than there was five years ago, because mm. I can see it with my own children. But yeah, no. Um there should be more and more really can't I don't think you can have enough of that.
0: Yeah. No. And and um I mean, it's just a thought that just literally popped in my head. It, with, in relation to the, the, the tools that you, you guys are developing and, and kind of the, the looking at protecting children and, and kind of having these kind of AI systems that are being able to detect when this stuff is appearing on the screen, is there, and uh, talking about the offender management side, that you're just. is is there a, a flip to that where that kind of technology could be utilised from that offender management side as well? So not yeah. just protecting children, but preventing offenders who are being monitored from accessing such material as well.
2: I've got a trademark on that Phil, so don't get... <laughs> <there>. <laughs> yes, no, there is. Well, there absolutely is. I mean, so, mm. if you're talking about our, our technology that prevents the the viewing of um, sexual content in real time, mm. there are, and people probably be quite surprised, there are an awful lot of registered sex offenders who would be willing to have something on their device that prevented them even watching adult pornography mm. because I met plenty of them who said I started back watching adult pornography um, and there's people who think there is a pathway from adult pornography to see Sam and people who think there's not, I've got no real view on that but there's plenty who would say just stop me watching anything sexual and I will sign up to it, so yes that is and that that is an area that I'm that I'm looking to pursue as well because um, it's that hot, it's that full system approach, isn't it? We want to prevent it at the start, but we need to recognise that it's still going to happen anyway. Yes, um, and yeah, we can yeah. help. We can help people. Some people will say you shouldn't help ever help an offender, but if you've got offenders who want to be helped, yeah, it's yeah. the right thing to do to try and help them as well.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, I'm gonna. I'm going to use my favourite phrase of yeah. our podcast series and so say I'm very conscious of time because <laughs> <laughs> uh, th- yeah we're, we're at the 45 mark yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, we've still got another section that we want to do so um, just for in, in relation to, to the things that we've been talking about Tom thank you ever so much. Um, for, for taking the time, really, really interesting. Yeah, um, and topic.
1: We, we didn't even talk about our rubbish
0: football su- team as you well. You didn't, so. which I'm uh, very glad about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 so, but no, uh, really, really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll put all of the links that uh, for all of the different things that Tom's been talking about on the description. Yeah, um, for the podcast. So, if you want to go and have a look at that, including the blog post and things like that. So, uh, yeah, we'll put all of that into the description for it. Um, And yeah, Tom. If there's anything else you want want us to include, then please just yeah feel free to let us know. Um, And yeah, uh, with that, without further ado, I think we'll uh, say Uh, thank you, and we'll see you shortly. (laughs) Thank you very much. Cheers, Tom. Cheers. Cool. Um, Great interview with Tom. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Really interesting stuff. Um, Obviously, you know, I've known Tom for a number of years. First time you've met Tom. Yeah, first time I met Tom today, and um, yeah, uh, both with the recordings and also just chatting off air Um, really lovely guy really lovely guy so um, yeah thanks ever so much for your time Tom appreciate it
1: and we look forward to seeing the um, pictures
0: yes yes for the QPM yeah yeah absolutely Um, just wow yeah (laughs) that's an achievement Um, that's going to be cool so um, yeah so um, but without further ado uh, we have convinced Tom um, to very kindly give us if forensic faux pas. So let's cut straight across to the faux pas. Yeah. Okay. Here we are, forensic faux pas. Favorite part of the show. Yeah. <laughs> this is where we get to hear, and this is for anyone who's not new to it. If you've yeah. listened to to the show before, then you'll know what the forensic faux pas is. But anyone new to the forensic faux pas, um, this is where we get our guest to admit to <laughs> or tell us a story of some kind of embarrassing or funny story where something has gone not quite right. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and for anyone who's new to the industry, just to kind of reassure you that this stuff does unfortunately happen and um, we all live through it. <laughs> we all get through it. It's okay, just kind of take the embarrassment. So um, Tom, I, I understand you have got a forensic faux pas for us. So whenever you're ready, please feel free to spill the beans.
2: Yeah, no problem. So I quite like mine because it's not it's not my fault so <laughs> it doesn't make me look too bad well picked well chosen yeah well by so um in the latter part of my career i was obviously working with a fair few law enforcement organizations um i won't name those involved um, and <laughs> probably best we were we were on a, a csam investigation so a, an investigation into um someone who was downloading and sharing child abuse material and fairly rare this was, but there was a need for us to replicate a process they'd done. Um, So we needed to download some ourselves which meant that I knew the software I used to monitor that particular forum Hmm. I'd get a hit. So I knew that I'd probably get a hit that came back to the law enforcement agency. So, not a major problem because, as most people probably know, law enforcement agencies use um, what we'd probably call a covert internet line. You don't want your internet line coming back and saying Sanford police blah 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 Sanford police station won the high street Sanford you don't yeah. Yeah. so um, we did all of that we went through the process we downloaded it sure enough I got a hit so um, I did my normal process um, for transparency I went to the service provider um, and said can you tell me who was using this IP address at this time knowing that it would come back to our covert company, our covert line, no problem, and then I'll get a senior officer to sign it off. So it came back, um, and sure as sure enough it came back to the covert company. Brilliant. But it came back to the covert company at the police station. <laughs> <laughs> Sanfordshire, <And you're> like, <laughs> So actually, you can't have a you can't have a covert internet connection that's registered to the police yeah. station. So sure as hell, we'd been paying a load of money for that. We went in, <laughs> then went back to the service provider, and you can imagine how we were with them. Because if that had been someone serious, somehow reversing our IP address, that could have uncovered yeah. uh, who was really doing um, the work. So yeah. not, not my problem. Everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you've had un- undercover officers working from that location, for example, um, yeah, that yeah. could have caused you some problems. So, there. not my not my mistake I'm sure I did make plenty of mistakes yeah. but, um, <laughs> I had to choose one forensically related and that's and that's the one I've come up with
0: nice brilliant um I I, I, I imagine that's probably going to be the only one of that kind that we're probably ever going to hear so yeah. uh so thank you for that that's brilliant <laughs> Words to the wise advice for anyone listening check your covert line uh, and yeah. <laughs> make sure it's resolving to the right place yeah <laughs> not the police station um <laughs> brilliant wonderful thank you ever so much for that Tom as uh yeah yeah I like that one oh, yeah. that's different a little bit different it's, it's different to your kind of "I've like image my hard drive yeah so yeah like it like it um once again though Tom uh thank you ever so much for uh taking the time out today to kind of talk to us and and, and kind of share your thoughts and, and kind of yeah. learning a little bit about, more about what you do um, and congratulations again as well for the the award and everything uh yeah. All, all joking aside, thoroughly well deserved, and um, you know, it's it's great mm-hmm. that we've got such an ambassador for, for what we do kind of with us and among the ranks. So. so, will you
1: actually be able to meet the Queen? I forgot to ask you that. Oh, yeah,
2: well, I, I don't know who it will be yet. I'd love it, I'd absolutely love it to be the Queen. Um, that would yeah. be fantastic.
1: You'd probably have to go in a respirator,
0: I reckon, for her safety.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll send you a picture if that happens and you can show everyone. Yes, no,
0: please. Do. Yeah, please do let us know how it goes, uh, and if you do any pictures, then yeah, send them across, mm-hmm. and we'll, we'll 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 put them on and, um, the, them on the yeah, show. Yeah, and best of luck
1: with SafetyNet. Obviously, new career for yourself. I'm sure you'll um, make some great changes with them. And um, if you ever want to come back on, talk about any new technology, you're more than welcome to, buddy. Yeah,
2: thank you very much. Uh, Thanks, both. No worries. It's been yeah. a pleasure. Thanks so much, Tom. Tom.
0: Cheers. Okay, uh, well, another great faux pas. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <A> different one. <laughs> Very different, yes. Uh, didn't quite expect us to be talking about covert internet no. lines and things like that. But it's, it's not a secret that they exist. No. But um, yeah, I, uh, I don't really want to have been the person who set that one up. No. I configured that one. No. Um, oops. Uh, but yeah, thanks ever so much again to Tom uh, for all his time. Um, I know we had a really good time and had a good laugh. And yeah between the recordings we had a bit of an atta and a good, good chat as well which was good fun yeah um, so thank you Tom for for your time and um, hopefully for, for you guys as the listeners we hope that you um, you enjoyed it and found it useful if you've got any thoughts comments feedback as always please do feel free to get in touch with us um, the email address being podcast.ctf at gmail.com
1: yeah and twitter handle is at chew and then i n
0: the fat pod so chew in the fat pod yeah so chewing the fat but without yeah. The G. yeah basically um so yeah go find us on twitter um we kind of we do announcements and all that kind of stuff on there as well uh, or rather adam does it's, yeah I, I have nothing to do with it i still don't understand twitter i still don't no. get it um, <laughs> there we go um one other thing if um Adam and I have been having some discussions, kind of about the pod. Um, we've been getting some great feedback from people, some uh, nice communications. We've had some uh, people sending in emails and, and comments, and various other bits and pieces. So, thank you ever so much for that, and please keep them coming in. Um, good or bad, whatever yeah. it is, please let us know. We want we want to do this for you guys. Um, but we've also been discussing whether or not um, to just from a production and time saving perspective and cost saving perspective uh, in the longer term whether or not um, people want would like us to continue doing the video content or whether or not you want us to just go straight for audio, audio. and just do audio only. So it is a lot simpler to do the audio only. Yeah. Um, we do enjoy doing the video stuff but it does take a lot longer um, and we do, we only really want to do it if we're getting people if people want to see it yeah um we don't we don't want to just put it out there for for vanity or any ego yeah. or anything like that we just you know this is for you guys so um if you've got any thoughts on it um if you prefer listening to it on spotify or amazon yeah. music or apple podcasts or whatever your your platform of choice is um and you're not going to look at it on the video then yeah just let us know i
1: don't think we've had any feedback that we're not on a particular platform now, so I think no. we've covered most of the sort of listening platforms. Yes. Um, yeah. Perhaps what I'll we'll do on Twitter is I could create a poll. Oh, yeah. Do create a, a poll, poll. see if go. people want video. Yeah,
0: so, but, um, but yeah, if you've got any thoughts on it, if you feel strongly either way, uh, please do get in touch and let us know. Um, and we'll, you know, we'll, it'll kind of help sway our decision one way or the other as to whether or not we keep the video or just go straight to audio. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, let us know your thoughts. Um, but yeah, uh, we've got some more stuff kind of lined up in future podcasts, um, we'll, we'll keep you informed, keep you posted, Yeah. Um, but thanks again for your time, um, please let us know if you want us to change anything, <laughs> if you want us to include anything, um, and uh, yeah, we hope you have a great rest of your day, and, and thank you very much. Yeah, thank you all.